0: This is Creeps Anonymous. Olivia didn't so much hear the door of the motel room being kicked in, as she felt it being kicked in. She rolled over on the tile floor and hit her head on the toilet bowl, knocking the headphones out of her head. They clattered to the floor next to her hand, clearing the way for the very present screaming in the front room. She felt a returning wave of nausea coming back to haunt her from last night as she got to her feet. Taking a short breath through her nose, she steadied herself and yanked the bathroom door open. It opened up on her mother and her Aunt Linda conducting a shouting match in front of the TV. Her brain paused the process. Suddenly, there were way too many people crowded into a tiny motel room. It was a for-sale sign clutched in Linda's hand, with grass still stuck to the stake ends, which she was wildly gesturing with. A Visit Florida commercial was blaring on the television, showing a barrage of nothing but one decadent, sandy sunset after another. To Linda's left, stuck in the corner of the room with no recourse, was her taciturn teenage cousin Sammy, whose hair, Olivia noted then, was now a gentle shade of springtime mauve. Olivia blinked a few times, like a mole adjusting to the sudden light. Linda waved the for sale sign in her mother's face. You want to hide out here like a pair of fugitives instead of just calling me? There was nothing to call about. I'm working through some things with Anthony right now. Her mother dropped her hands to her sides defensively. Her older sister always had a way of cowing her. Working through it, Linda practically purpled. You're not going to have anywhere to live in a few weeks. What are your savings even looking like right now? Has Liv even been going to school? Olivia stepped in between the two. Ladies, please. Her mother stopped and turned to give Olivia an astonished look. How long have you been back? Olivia turned back to the open bathroom and shrugged at her mother. Linda took in the exchange and shook her head. Really? You don't even know when your teenage daughter is coming in and out? She's 22 now, Linda. The girl celebrated her birthday two days ago, not that you were involved enough to remember. Diana dismissed her sister with a roll of her eyes. Actually, I did try to give Olivia a call to wish her a happy birthday. Several times. To which, then I tried to give you a call that you didn't answer, so I ultimately found this instead. She waved the for sale sign like it was one of the commandment tablets, getting bits of grass and dirt on Diana's grading papers. This is not something I need you to get involved with right now. I have it under control. Diana looked back from her dirt-dusted papers, smoothing down the front of her rumpled dress shirt. Linda stared at her for a moment from the other side of the small motel rug. Then, she silently removed her wallet from her bag and turned to hand Olivia a tent. Go get a soda with your cousin. Olivia didn't have the cojones to disagree with Linda. It was easier to just say yes than to have to deal with all the sound and the fury of her angry aunt, whose infamous short fuse once saw her punch the local deacon at mass when he pinched her behind passing by after service. Of course, that had been when Sammy was just a baby, and a lot of Linda's energy nowadays seemed to be tied up with increasingly long, on-call nursing shifts and getting Sammy college ready. She plucked the ten out of Linda's expectant hand, running a quick look over to Sammy, who was making her way to the door, and then her mother, who looked like she was about to be left alone against a firing squad. Olivia gave her a quick, weak smile before closing the motel door behind her. For a moment, there was silence behind the faded blue door. Then, after the two women were under the impression that they were alone again, the shouting started up again. Olivia sighed and then turned to face Sammy, who stared at her with a serene, moonlike face. Hey, Sammers. Olivia said, voice and shoulders softening. Sammy was only a handful of years younger than her. It had been a while since she'd actually counted, but her tiny goth cupcake of a cousin was less cousin and more like the only sibling she could ever say she had. Her dad's family in Florida was never really involved, and she didn't consider calling them family any more than she did her dad. But her and Sammy were thick as thieves. Sammy's father passed when she was a kid. Back then, they didn't really look into the illnesses first responders developed after 9-11, and Sam's dad developed a cough that just never really went away. After that, all she could remember was sitting at a funeral next to a four-year-old. She recalled how the toddler wandered around as that very same church deacon read through his liturgy. She was only about eight herself, but by then things like permanency had begun to sink in, and she remembered distinctly the deep dread that filled her body when she watched the toddler's little head bobbing between the pews, knowing that at some point that same little head would put together two and two that her father was truly gone. "'I'm sorry to hear about the house,' Sammy said, pulling her back to the present. Olivia caught herself and watched as the two split images of her cousin slid together, standing in front of her. "'Uh, oh, uh, yeah, thanks. "'You doing that thing where you're up in your head again?' Sammy asked, her mauve hair looking like a surreal bundle of candy floss atop her head. "'Man, I gotta hire you instead of the therapist I got now. "'You're much quicker on the uptake.' Olivia craned Sammy in by the shoulders, knuckling her head. How'd you get so smart so quick? Ow, ow, watch it, please. I just bleached. Sammy tapped her on the forearm. Ugh, sorry, Sammers. She dumped her cousin's bright head. Olivia straightened her out so she could get a good look at her. This mauve's a fresh color, then? A tiny, almost imperceptible flash of satisfaction crossed her lips. She took a loose forelock, twirling it in between her fingers. You like it? It's called Dusty Rose. I mixed it together myself. Olivia chuckled at her, patting Sammy on the back. So, we're sending your applications into art school when? <laughs> yeah, right. Sammy laughed, skipping her fingers along the railing as she walked through the motel's upper level. What do you mean, yeah, right. What's so crazy about it? Olivia prodded. What I mean is that mom's got a reverse mortgage on grandma's house and we need a real way to make sure it stays in the family. Art school is going to put us deeper in the hole, not take us out. Sam... I'm sorry, Olivia said, her heart dropping. I didn't know. Don't mention anything, Sammy said. Mom doesn't want anyone to know. It's just, you know, I want you to know what's up. We've always told each other stuff, you know? Olivia couldn't help the grief and guilt that poured over her shoulders like a cold bucket of water. She looked down to avoid her cousin's face. I'm sorry about that too, Sammy. It's not, no, I didn't mean to bring it back to all that at all, she said. No, I know, I'm just sorry. You don't need to be sorry about stuff like that, Sammy said after a moment, giving her a light shrug. No one should feel alone in not feeling okay. I just wish she had told me at least a little bit of it. Olivia ran her tongue over the back of her teeth, frustrated at herself. She put her hands on her hips, trying to clear the sudden emotions sitting, piled up in her throat. I'm sorry. I'm an idiot. And I just didn't know where to start. She looked at Sammy, who, to her surprise, looked like she understood her perfectly. Hey, Liv, if you ever feel like sometimes... You kids ready? Aunt Linda appeared like a specter behind them, an exhausted-looking Diana trailing some feet behind her, pulling suitcases along. For what? Linda gestured back to the motel room with a giant set of keys. Go pack your stuff, you're coming to stay with us. These are rad, Olivia said, running her hands through the beaded curtain in Sammy's attic bedroom. She took a spin in the place, looking around the posters littering the slanted walls, the pin linen tapestries, and the multicolored string lights pulled festively to stretch across the room. Matter of fact, you've really made this place your own. Yeah, they could be kind of a bitch when you get your hair stuck in them. Phew! Sammy came out of the closet, heaving a mattress that was bigger than she was. Let me help you with that. Olivia crossed the room, lifting up the other side of the mattress. As she did, she thought back to Sebastian, repeatedly reaching for his box of groceries. She pursed her lips and looked down as they carried the mattress across to the empty daybed. She'd swapped her evening ships with a coworker to move into their grandparents' old house with her mom, and part of her wondered if he'd come in since. They pivoted the mattress and dropped it on top of the brass daybed, kicking up a cloud of ancient dust. The girls coughed, batting at the stale, musty air. Sammy broke into a series of small, measured sneezes. Olivia knew better, so she waited out the allergy attack and gave her a gentle laugh as she watched Sammy dab at her nose. I've never met anyone so allergic to dust in my life, Olivia said. What, do you not know me? Sammy quipped, tilting her head. Girls? Diana dipped into the room, carrying a stack of towels and bed linens, suddenly sucking the air out of the room. She was about to place them onto the dusty mattress, but at the last moment thought better of it and placed them on the nightstand instead. Dinner's going to be ready in about half an hour. Oh, Olivia said, turning. Thanks, I'm actually about to grab dinner with Jess tonight. Diana stopped at the door and pivoted on her heel. "'You can reschedule. Dinner's ready on the stove.' "'I can grab it afterwards when I come back. Thanks, Ma,' Olivia said, growing uncomfortable. "'You'll do no such thing. Dinner is on the stove now, and I'll see you both downstairs in half an hour,' Diana repeated, now a pressing seriousness to her tone. "'I have plans already, and I can have dinner with everybody tomorrow.' "'I'm not going to repeat myself again,' Diana said, steadying herself on the doorframe, not because she felt tired, but because it looked like she was trying to hold back her anger in front of Sammy.' You've done enough going out at night for a week, and I expect you to spend some time with your family. Yeah, I mean, no better way to incentivize that than forcing me to do it, you know? Olivia moved stormily across the room, ripping the linens off the night table. Or, Diana said, raising her voice, you could maybe consider being a part of this family instead of blowing in the breeze somewhere with your degenerate friends. Oh, Jess is a degenerate now. Going to med school must really do that to you. Olivia hatefully tucked the corners of the fitted sheet over the bald mattress, glowering at Diana. "'You know that's not who I'm talking about,' her mother said, moving across the room. "'Diana!' Linda called from downstairs, her voice short. "'I need your help downstairs.' Her mother stopped herself at the door, looking between Olivia and Sammy, standing silently in the room. She shook her head and pursed her lips at Olivia before disappearing down the stairs. Her feet carried her angrily down the rickety flight of stairs. Suddenly, Olivia felt herself dissociate again. Everything in the suffocatingly small room closing in on her like she was Alice in a shrinking house— trying to keep the walls at bay. Her heart began to beat as she felt the anger disintegrate and manifest into a panic attack. To reel herself back in, she tried the trick Robin showed her once, shortening her breaths to low, controlled spurts. She was not her feelings, and between herself and her mom, at least one of them had to remember that. Fuck's sake, Olivia sucked her teeth, also remembering again that Sammy was here and had said nothing through the entire exchange. Her shoulders slumped as the details of her dysfunctional relationship with her mom settled very publicly into her. She felt the shame creep into her fingertips, feeling mortified that Sammy had seen any of that. Sorry, Sammers. When Olivia finally looked over at Sammy, she was considering the beaded crystal curtain almost as if for the first time. She saw Sammy's eyes following the rainbow patterns of light that the beads tossed onto the threadbare rug. You could use the trellis, Sammy said, voice soft. "'The what?' Olivia asked, wondering if she'd misheard her cousin. trellis underneath the bedroom window,' Sammy said, "'turning discreetly away from the open door. "'I don't use it a lot, but I know it can hold the person long enough to climb down. "'You know, if you needed to step out for a bit, for fresh air.' Olivia cupped Sammy's round face with her hands with tenderness. "'I don't deserve you.' Sammy blinked and giggled softly. "'Of course you do.' She looked back at the door. "'You better get going. She'll come looking for you soon.' What are you going to say if she asks you? Olivia asked, opening the old attic window. Sammy shrugged, moving out to put the rest of the sheets on Olivia's daybed. I'll figure something out. Olivia swung her leg over the windowsill and paused halfway through. Moonlight streamed into the room as she gave Sammy a solemn once-over. Thank you. Sammy straightened out a comforter in the daybed, not looking back. Yeah, yeah. Now get going before she gets back. Our favorite park was crowded with drunk teens from Curtis tonight so she headed back to the wind-blown solace of the waterfront. It had almost been a decade now since Sandy claimed the Northern Pier, and virtually no rebuilding had made it this far down the coast. Now, it was just a skeleton pier peering out of the waves, most of it cordoned off with a chain-link fence that was easy enough to squeeze through in the right places. Like most of the island, the decimated waterfront was a kind of ugly that grew on you in its forgotten, broken-down sort of authenticity. Most of the island had come together in patchwork, and it was falling apart just the same. She hopped up on the crumbling retaining wall, standing up to her full height to try to take in everything she could. The massive moon yawned sleepily down at her, casting its gentle light over the harbor, the tiny cars moving like specks across the Verrazano Bridge, the late-night beachcombers, the gentle laps of waves as they tossed heaps of garbage from the harbor onto the shore. It was hard to shake this feeling like something was supposed to happen. She was just here. Landlocked to an island that felt like a lifelong playpen with the same three toddlers she'd known her whole life. Which felt oddly disappointing. What did it mean when you looked at the parameters of your life and realized you wanted more? Here, it felt like wanting something was ungrateful somehow, that poking around into the why and how of things could somehow ruin the precarious house of cards it all rested on. She wondered if people also felt mired in the mud around her and what they did to stop feeling that way. Olivia looked up at the moon and pulled out her phone. She snapped a photo, impressed for once with the way it didn't come out looking like a tiny, amorphous speck in the sky. She smiled at it for a moment, remembering her Polaroid of Max's shoes. Check out this moon tonight, she wrote in a fresh text to Max's old number. You would have led to see it. Olivia paused and stared at the message for a moment before adding, in a follow-up, It's nights like this that I really miss you the most. She placed the phone down on the wall next to her and turned back to appreciate the view. If Max couldn't share it with her, she'd have to enjoy it twice as much, as these situations normally went. In the distance, she could see homes along the shore and the lights of life, company, and activity. Her heart ached softly for that feeling of warmth. The light of her phone winked below, by her feet. She frowned, looking down to see a text. Squatting down, she grabbed her phone and flipped the notification over. One new message from Max. Her heart stopped. The entire moment suddenly squeezed down to a single pinpoint. How was that even possible? Had her message kicked back? She opened up the thread and wasn't quite prepared for the response she did end up seeing. Who is this?